correctly with the correct amount. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. You're listening to Shared Sagas, an Australian RPG actual play podcast. This podcast features adult language and adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. Back to you. So, looking at Jez, yes. like, I'll give Jez like a look and like gesture to walk towards what remains of Agatha. Mm-hmm. And with you, I will basically try and pry her arms open mm-hmm. so that Jez can scoop the child. Rolling so. over, you can see miraculously, and I mean that in the literal sense of the word, it looks like miraculously, like it was like some sacrifice. Kind of paladin power or something. Not even slightly hurt at all. Completely untouched. As, as kids in my games always will be, but it's nice to have it confirmed, is Nat. Mm. Nat is just curled up into a little ball and Agatha has just covered her with her body and Nat is however looks freaked out yeah. and she, half the, the one thing that is damaged is her hair half of her hair has been pretty much burnt off because it wasn't covered not to the point where it's hurt her scalp or anything no, but just you know she has, a, she has an unwanted buzz cut on the right side of her head and so she was clutching her Timora medallion and oh, is kind wow. of was crunched over like this and then just kind of like looks up and then just like silently because now perhaps being self-conscious about it being deaf doesn't make a lot of verbal sounds mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. she kind of just silently tears streaming out her cheeks as she realizes now what's happened just kind of like I, grabs Agatha and shakes her yeah I cast sleep um, on her That's okay Even at minimum hit points she'll be she'll be yeah, asleep so yeah, she's, yeah. she's asleep and now yeah I, I just I, I pick her up and I hand her to, to Nick and just say let's just Put her down somewhere. Yeah. So oh, well, J- Jensen and Squidly just run up and just be like, "What's going on?" She's okay. She just needs to sleep. Come with me. You can keep watch over your friends. Okay, so Jenks is just kind of shut down, as he does when he gets into uncomfortable situations. Squidly has drawn his wooden sword and is looking around for something to hit. Um, I just kind of will respectfully inspect Agatha, if that makes sense, to try to get a sense of... Of course it does. ...the details of the explosion and how this occurred. Okay, so, and now, first of all, actually, while, while, while that's happening, Hurst, you, you walk over to this woman, okay? This, this sort of, you know, slightly elderly noble woman... And she uh, just kind of sits there, breathing heavily and blinking, and then looks from the alleyway to you, to the corpses on the ground. And if she accuses me of doing it, I don't care how old she is. I'm going to hit her. <laughs> no. Um, no uh, so what I'll do is, so she, you think that she probably hasn't noticed the shrapnel in her arm? No, you don't think so at all. Okay, so I crouched down. Is she, she's sitting. You said. Yeah, she she's effectively collapsed onto a, a barrel. So she's okay. kind of sitting down on it, but she's just sort of sat back and is just, you know, not looking great at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I sort of crouch or squat down, so I'm sort of eye level with her. Okay. And I take her injured hand in my hands. She she just complies. She yeah. just I'm like to you. trying to keep eye contact with her and say, my name is Hurst. I'm going to help you. She nods. She just kind of takes your hand and just holds yeah. it and just, yeah, gives, sure. and, just, and just gives it a so, squeeze. And then she but, and then she seems to notice the injury yeah. for the first time. And actually looking pretty tough, she just kind of gives you gives you the nod. Okay, so I pull the shrapnel out and okay. cast Healing Word on her. Oh, nice. Okay, well, she, she gratefully accepts it. And then actually yeah. that rejuvenates her a little bit and says, I say, where are the watch? They're on their way. I, I didn't see much, but uh, I, 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 saw, I saw a couple of things. What did you see? Uh... There was an, a gnome 
there's a, a gnome that that and she points at what you think was actually the epicenter of yeah. this blast yeah and there is i mean gosh because it was so close this gnome apart from the charred the size of the charred skeleton it's almost impossible to tell anything else about this gnome so the fact the fact that she said gnome is probably the big like actually what helps me identify what that thing was yeah the corpses behind it in front of it are, are a little bit more I guess easy to examine because they're a bit more intact, they're charred, but anybody that wants to, by the way, can search like the crime scene, you know, can look at the corpses, can look at uh, all this kind of thing. I will once I've yeah, the children you, away. You see yeah. the kids first. So they, they they just go along, they trust you now, and they're frankly happy now that Nat is clearly okay and just sleeping peacefully. But Hurst, she says, there was a gnome, he, I, ah. And she just sort of shuts down a little bit and she seems a bit resident to talk. Like she just doesn't want to <laughs> relive it right now. She says, I, I, I should talk to the City Watch. I should yes. talk to the City Watch. Yeah, you will, absolutely. Did you see, what did you see in the alleyway? Um, there was one, there was one man, one man who survived. Um, I, I didn't, I was um, temporarily blinded. Uh, when I looked up, all the corpses mm. were there, except for, uh, and then uh, something moved and I couldn't see that. And then one of the men sat up. He had somehow managed to throw himself out of the way of the, the brunt of the explosion, only being hurt. For his size, he showed a unimaginable alacrity. And anyway, he covered himself with an awning and was not killed. So then he got up, coughed, and then stormed into that alleyway. He was, he was looking at the roof as though he was tracking something on the roof and seemed exceedingly angry he, he even uh, kicked the um the, the gnome's body the skeleton after looking at it and, and rummaging like he was looking for something the gnome was carrying realizing that it didn't have it or something he went into the alleyway and then that small child the little, little mm. one the halfling i think was looking at him and so he raised his crossbow to shoot her i am not a brave woman but i stepped forward and i threw a charred bun at the back of his head and screamed at him that he was not to touch that child he gave me a derisive snort and honestly seemed to be contemplating shooting me but then I, by that point others had come and I, I feel like he didn't want to risk having to kill many witnesses and so left the child thankfully and myself um, even more so thankfully alive and then just scrambled up the drain pipe with um, once again r remarkable agility and was off and away okay well I mean you saved that kid's life I, I don't know maybe perhaps uh, look, if anyone is going to do whatever happened here, I don't think they would think twice about uh, shooting a kid. So, yeah, like, you probably saved that kid's life. You're, you know, very brave and stuff. Uh, so the She's watch is... It's kind of you to say so, sir. Would you would you just stay with me until the watch comes? Y uh, yeah, sure. Uh, she, just, yeah. she just honestly just wants someone there yeah, to hold okay. her hand. This is seriously messed up. Um, is there a perhaps a stray cat nearby yes. that I can coax over? Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure there is. Absolutely. Just like, you know, just a, some sort of therapy animal to give her something to focus oh. on while she sits there so she's not looking at the corpses. That's great. So you, so you, she, yeah, you call, yeah. I like that. So you call over a small grey tabby and just give it to her and she, yeah, she just kind of sits there and, and then she looks down at her, at her charred dress and says, I didn't normally let cats in my lap. They, uh, ruin my clothing and starts to laugh deliriously. Uh, still in shock. Jazz and Nick, the kids all look at you. So Nat is going to probably wake up soonish. And so I think we, uh, so basically, 
we, I mean, let's take her in to Granny. Oh, I was going to investigate. Yeah, he, she's. I've taken the kids in. Jez is investigating. Oh, so you, okay, so you're taking the kids so in. So I'll, I'll take okay, the kids in. I've told them they need to keep watch over their friends. Yeah. I will go in and I'll wake Granny up if she can be woken. Yeah, and absolutely. And just quickly say to her. On the way, Nick, yeah. you looking further up the street, you can see the look. There's, as if you needed more, there's a little bit of commotion about a block or so up along a, a, a road that leads to the main street. And you can actually see in the now destroyed barrel of water that Izzy's prone form is currently lying in a puddle of water as it spreads. Looking at looking at things and looking at the few people that have gathered, they're sort of pointing at the roof and pointing at the barrel. The impression you get is that Izzy has fallen off the roof of that building two houses down, landed in a water barrel. God damn just, gnome. <laughs> which has destroyed it. And yeah. now people are just sort of like, well, what do you do? You see that the crossover has lodged itself just above Izzy's clavicle. So it's not a lethal wound, but it is definitely one that's going to they are stable but yeah. the yeah. crossbow bolt is uh, stuck I will kick our door oh yeah I'll basically storm in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and call out for Devna okay who was passed out with me yes and do they does she wake up yeah yeah most certainly so that yeah so yeah so uh, so Devna runs downstairs and just and I'll say to her take the child and the orphans upstairs to Granny and say they need to be taken care of they're not to be let out okay so Devna just wordlessly nods and just takes Izzy and runs up the stairs you two are to watch over her you hear <laughs> Squiddly just grabs your collar and like pulls, tries to pull you down probably <laughs> probably ineffectively and just probably says, grabs like, his lapels yeah. you finally did this we will you that's why you need to watch over her let us do our job you do yours you have my sword he says oh, oh, God. God. I will take it and stash it through my belt <laughs> okay and with that with that they they run off you walk outside and throw it in a bit yeah, no no I'm going to use it I'll use it and then I will attend to Izzy yes Jez so you see the scene of devastation there is a small a small skeleton surrounded by many other skeletons give me if you would a either a perception or an investigation check I already rolled investigation oh. as was my plan and I got 21 wow okay so you you see so much mm-hmm. so first of all you see that Clearly, what has happened here is that this gnome was being chased by no less than two separate groups. First of all, there are two black leather armored, you think, Zentarum, just going by their general garb. Male, female, it's hard to tell. Elf or human, hard to tell. But going by their leather armor, and on the charred hand of one of them, you can see that there is a black snake tattoo. Mm-hmm. Across from them, you can see that there are also two, uh, what appear to be, <laughs> Xanathar guild members. Mm-hmm. And once again, they are both dead. Apart from the fact that one of them is wearing dyed purple robes and the other one is wearing uh, effectively dyed leather armor, there's no other signifiers. There are no eye tattoos or anything like that. But it seems as though the gnome was running with great haste towards Trollscop and that these two separate groups were likewise probably in competition with each other, chasing after this gnome. How did I, sorry, how did I get the information about the gnome? Well, because of the fact that there's a small figure, which seems to be at the very epicenter of the blast, and getting right next to the skeleton, you recognize that it's a gnome skeleton. Oh, okay, sorry, sorry, yeah. So, I assume that the Zents and the Xanathars were chasing a gnome. Was chasing this gnome, yes. The gnome exploded? You don't know. That's the thing. So, looking around, with that investigation check, I will also give you that there is a small a small boy. He's got sort of sandy blonde hair. He looks to be about 12 years old or so. And he's looking a little bit suspicious. And he is further up in the alleyway underneath where Tabitha is. And he looks like he's kind of trying to tuck something into his in, into the front of his jerkin. Like he has something that he's trying to hide from people. And is making his way back out to Troll Skull with this, uh, you know, new, new pilfered object, whatever it is. You're right, lad. Um, 
Yep, I'm fine. Well, let me take a look at you. You look like you a bit shaken. He's like, no, no, I'm fine. Thank, thank you, though. Thank you, though. And like goes to like run, run past you. Oh, yeah. No, I grab him by the scruff as he runs past me. Okay. So you reach out and you grab this small sandy haired boy. He's just dressed in, in a simple gray peasant's tunic and clearly has something that jingles slightly tucked in his shirt. He looks up at you with frightened eyes and seems to be not as disturbed by everything as everyone else, but looks frightened at the fact that he's been grabbed, that's for sure. Now, listen, I'm not here to hurt you, but I need to have some understanding of what's just occurred here. Now, you're acting mighty suspicious, and I believe you know a little bit of something about what's just happened. Is or it... maybe you've just picked something up. I, I didn't see anything. I didn't have nothing to do with it. I just saw what the man on the roof dropped, and, and it looked nice, so I thought I would just take it. Show me. It's not yours. It's not yours either, is it? And I'm bigger. That's true. (laughs) I I cannot argue that logic, man. So he he reaches into into his tunic and he pulls out a very strange artifact. It looks like a somewhat spiked black metal chain. Like a big thick chain that you'd wear around your neck. With a couple like a of mare's chain or something. Yeah, and with a couple of little sort of notches and things. And at the very, very end of the chain, you can see that there is one notch which still contains a large red ruby-like crystal that, mm. that glows ever so slightly with an internal light. Is this an explosive? Can you give me a, uh, an arcana check? Yep, arcana is not my best, but uh, unnatural 20. Right, so I mean, look, it's something that you've heard of. It's a Maybe not... we've fenced one before. Possibly. You think this is a necklace of fireballs. Yeah, right, I thought so. Right, well, as much as I'm normally of the opinion of finders keepers, I wouldn't like you to blow yourself up, so I think I might be keeping this one, kid. I also need you to tell me what else you saw. I was at the other end of the alleyway. I just heard the explosion. Then I ran, and then I heard this clump, 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 clump of somebody running along the roof, and then they slipped or something, and then they dropped this into a water barrel, he says, pointing at the necklace. I didn't see nothing, but but that but that little child in the window must have seen everything, because she was already looking. Right, right. And you, you didn't see what they looked like or anything like that? No, I just heard them running along the roof, and there was so much smoke and fog. And then somebody else started to run down the alleyway, so I just hit behind the barrel and I didn't see them alright I'm gonna make a suggestion don't tell anybody what you saw he nods go home say that it was real scary there was a big noise but don't mention this okay he nods again if I need to find you where are you uh, oh he, he gives you an address it's yeah, yeah. Uh, relatively nearby he, he, he's, a, he's a somewhat resident of Trollspell the area yeah alright run along and remember tell no one okay okay he nods and runs off at about that point the city watch arrive unsurprisingly as a matter of fact the first thing that arrives is there's a huge sweeping of wings and a griffin a, a cavalry griffin rider sweeps down and just starts to survey the area like a police helicopter. Is it my buddy Ravenclaw? It is not. It is a well from what you can see here it appears to be appears to be a relatively stern looking blonde woman. Her golden hair sort of flies back in the breeze like a banner or something and her griffin is a very very large likewise golden colour. Uh, it's a resplendent beast, uh, but it's definitely not your griffin buddy. It's Does a it hold a candle to Ravenclaw? Indeed. So it just starts to sweep around. It rests ever so slightly for a brief moment on one of the roofs, looks down and starts to patrol around again. Then there is, I mean, quite the arrival of City Watch. Mm. So there's a An large influx, squad. influx, as it were. Indeed. There is two very separate squads. You can see the familiar figure of the watchful order of Magist's representative. If you remember a 
sort of a short, portly, curly-gray-haired fellow with thick spectacles called Barnabas Blastwind. He would well, well, well. What do we have here? You troublemakers again. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, uh, that was, that was uh, Hustis. Uh, he was in the southern area. And then you've got uh, Sergeant Cromwell, who, of course, you met in your basement, inspecting oh, the oh, yes. The semi-retired investigative genius who is, uh, well, brought out of semi-retirement to deal with, frankly, crap like this. The Xanathar and Zentarum nonsense. So Hurst and Jez, uh, you both see them rush up and start to, you know, talk to people and whatnot. Arby and Embrick have, you know, contained themselves and have gone back and are sort of lining up with people. And basically, because everyone in this neighborhood is quite close and knows each other. And while there may have been some villains that were caught in the blast, there was a good over a dozen innocents of the alleyway who were obliterated. And so they are all just consoling each other and hugging and stuff like that. So Sergeant Cromwell walks over to, let's say, Hurst, because you're most prominent, I guess. And he says, all right, so uh, what have we uh, what have we seen here exactly? Do you know, do you know anything about what has happened? Uh, I didn't see it. I live nearby. I uh, arrived after the aftermath. Looks like big fireball. There was a, a note appointed the corpse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gnome uh, was the target. Apparently, whoever cast it, I'm told, uh, went through the remains of the gnome after it went off trying to find something but couldn't find it and then took off. I see. Well, very uh, well. Oh, um, wait, did, yep. did Hurst hear anything about Zens or Zentarum? Uh, no, actually. No. You yeah. you haven't inspected the corpses. Jez has not, you, you've not had a chance yeah. to share information yeah. No, that's fine. Then, Hurst, like that, then that's all Hurst will give him. I just, he goes, I just uh, turned up and found uh, this, no, the noble woman he's still sitting next to. This, he probably at this point, he, I don't know, he might not, he just might have forgotten to ask her name. Yeah, no, no, no. That's, that's a very Hurst thing to do, I think. But also, I mean, in the situation, you're not. You're trying to pull shrapnel out of her arm. Yeah, yeah trying to find out what happened. Hey, what's yeah. your name, buddy? Yeah. Abs- absolutely. So uh, I found this lady, and um, he, he looks at her in, in something of an. So Sergeant her. Cromwell looks looks at her and says, uh, "My lady Hornraven, what 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 are you um what are you doing here?" Lady Hornraven. She looks really embarrassed for a second and says, "Oh, I I was um, um I was here to hire this detective, this investigator." She says, pointing to the tiger's eye. And Vincent Trent, she was sitting there looking over everything with a very calculated eye and, you know, I guess film the words detective style, puffing on his pipe. I suspected my husband of infidelity and I wanted to hire him to look into the matter to see if my fears proved true. I see. He says, well, in that case, uh, perhaps you had better see yourself home, I she, she nods emphatically and stands up and puts a hand on your shoulder, Hurst, and says, I, I want to th- thank you for your help and assistance. And she hands you over, like, 150 gold from her purse. Oh, no, I can't. I don't. No, I, I don't need. I, um. Oh, for, for the healing, at least. I, no, I, don't, I don't charge. No, you, you, you couldn't charge for the healing. You don't charge for healing. It's just healing. She nods and says, <laughs> If only the clerics that we used had a similar philosophy. Very well then. I thank you, my good man. Yeah. And with that, she gives you a she gives you a very deep bow. Does she have the cat with her still? She yes, she's 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 gonna take the cat. It's a straight cat. Whatever. Beautiful. It's her it's her cat now. So with Yay. that with that, she's adopted the cat. Man, this cat's gonna get spoiled. All right. So with that, the cat is taken off and she wanders and just hails a carriage. She's a noble woman, so the carriage comes like that. Cut to you. T- you 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 wake up, Izzy. There's a <gasps> a rush as the last of a healing potion is poured down your gullet uh, by Nick. <laughs> they, they they kind of sit up. <clears throat> e e e. Oh yes, thank goodness. Okay. Oh yay, my throat. 
I see. You test on your vocal. I can still sing. I see no good will come of this day. Ow! Listen, as as most of that damage was sort of subdued from the fall, I'm going to say that potion just takes you back to full. So you are are fully healed. But the voice is very important. The voice is very important. With the kids distracted, do you two want to make your way back to the scene? I will give a brief... As we come out, I'll give a brief distraction, which I suppose I can do in character, mm-hmm. or, but I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. we already know. I basically tell you what's happened, and that the kids are upstairs, and I surmise then if you saw a possible perpetrator and gave pursuits, only to end up with a bolt in your throat. Yes. Who was it? I don't know. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I saw a shadow, and it sounded like they were wearing some sort of armor, but they didn't move like they were wearing armor. Some kind of gear forged, perhaps? I am not sure. I don't think I've come across this sort of thing before. Who shot? They're the one that shot you? Uh, I don't... I'm not sure where that came from. I could smell something, like a puff of something, but Another then pers- all of a sudden, yeah. A sharpshooter on the roof, perhaps, to cover his retreat. I'm not sure. Hmm. Anyway, many are dead. This is no doubt another... Oh. My guess would be another fight gone wrong or an assassination trip between the Zents and the Zantarum. But let's go find out. Yeah. As you arrive back at the scene, you can see that Barnabas Blastwind is looking over everything along with Seth. And meanwhile, the City Watch have sort of, you know, cordoned off the area. They're starting to interrogate witnesses. You notice also that Raynar Neverember runs up to the scene and is just kind of looking around and looks quite obviously frantic and disturbed, but, but clearly about something else as well. All four of you now are, have sort of converged, and we'll say that... Strange stories quickly. Mm. Exactly. Yep. As you are doing so, Raynar comes over and says, Oh my goodness. I believe, um, I'm almost positive, but just sort of pushes his way past the city watch and walks mm. over to the gnome mm. and leans down and picks up a charred finger and pulls off a, a ring and says, Yes. And then wanders over to you. This was Dalakar. He's a a spy for my father. Was. Was. He, in particular, he was a spy that was tasked with observing me, seemingly day and night. Every once in a while, I would catch him out of the side of my eye. He contacted me only this morning, a couple of hours ago, by message, and stated that he wanted to meet me at Trollskull Manor, that he had something very important to tell me, and of all things, the message included the request that I be sure to bring my mother's ne- my mother's amulet. Yes. Oh, well, I would say the message was not as secret as he thought it was. He's been intercepted. Yeah. They said they were searching for something for him, or something searching his body for something. As that occurs, Vincent Trench walks over and says, Not searching for something. They found it. Found it for sure. That still requires searching, then. He puffed his pipe. I saw the whole thing from my store. Well, most of it. The cloaked figure came down after the explosion went off. It ruffled through the gnome's possessions and pulled out an object. I don't know what it was. Through the opaque, fogged up window, it looked kind of like a vegetable. Tucked it into its cloak, ran up over the roof above us. To your eye, could you determine a race? No, it was uh, cloaked and that was when the smoke was at its thickest. Mm. I could tell they were tall, thin, move with a strange gait, like they they... weren't entirely human. That tallies with what Uh, you told me. Yeah. Who gave pursuit? Oh, the other fellow. Now that man I know, his name's Erstel Floxen. Description? Uh, He's a burly man with a skunk-like beard. Oh, skunk face, yes. What? You stole all his stuff, didn't you, Jez? He's the one you stole from. (laughs) Wait, which one? He was in an alley, you told me, you bragged about it, you went down, you stole all this stuff, and you didn't even notice. Yeah, including the dagger you're now holding. In fact, Vincent points at your dagger, the gold dagger at your belt, and says, Yeah, that's, uh... 
Well, I guess it was his dagger. Yes. Right, okay. Well, we know he's dead. So, told me. just to be clear on the events here then, the gnome was the centre of this explosion. Mm-hmm. They were being chased by both the Zentarum and Xanathar. The gnome themselves were a spy. Was working for or watching you, Raynar? I don't understand. He always watches me. His job is to, uh, well, sp- spy on a few things in the city, but it seems that largely my father put him in task of observing me. But he contacted you? Yes. He's never done this before. Occasionally I've caught him spying on me. We've had frustrating, although amicable, conversations. He says, you know, no hard feelings. My father pays me to watch you. Do better at hiding if you don't want me watching you. Do you remember Mother used to set the spies on us as well to make sure we came to no harm? Yeah. I'm starting to think, in fact, that he cared very little about me, which would be much more in tune with my father's personality, and he holds up the locket, much more concerned with whatever used to be contained within this. I think perhaps for your safety we'd better take custody of that, just for now. He looks at it and says, Well, we'll give it, it, is one, it is one of the few keepsakes I have of my mother, but I trust I'm you. Sh- I'm sure she would prefer you to be alive and without it. He nods. And then you- dead with it. He gives it over and says, I trust you will return it. We will. Alright, so then someone rifled through his belongings, pulled something out, looked like a vegetable, ran off and away from the crime, and then Is he and what I checks? just and then what I just found out dropped this and holds up a Is that a yeah, necklace of fireball? Yeah, that's right. Oh uh, I look at I look at this. You can Is there a charge? There is there is one left. Yeah. Oh one left. Now, what you can also tell is, due to the arcane nature of this, you know, this is quite a potent necklace of fireballs. This is the kind of thing that would be like a 12d6 kind of deal rather than a... You know, rather so shit. I think we have the uh, murder weapon, I suppose. Also means the person doing it didn't have to be a wizard or a arcane spellcaster yeah. themselves. Does anybody want to? Uh, as far as witnesses down here, you, you think you may have exhausted yeah. what people could have seen. Tabitha, however, would have had a very clear view of the roof and the entire alleyway, as she often does. Yes. So Jez was just about to say, I can't believe she is somehow embroiled in this again, but we need to go and have a chat with a certain well-to-do toddler. <laughs> I'm starting to think she may be the Xanathar beholder in some kind of polymorph. <laughs> what? I mean, she's cropped up a few times now and always She has become Xanathar. oddly significant. She oddly significant. Almost as if some I, greater power beyond she... our control or perception were arranging it though that she is on constantly Point out though that she does live quite close to us, and we're kind of magnets for this sort of thing. Even so, I feel there is a hidden hand here pushing our paths together. I cannot shake this ominous feeling. Very we might well. have to get past her nan, though, which might be require Ugh. a little bit of schmoozing, brother. She's a she's a tough one. She is. You know what? I'll take it as a challenge. I'm better to talk to that uppity toddler again. Okay, so with that, I guess respect. Do all four of you want to? Oh, yeah. by the way, uh, Hurst. Yo, Fala just kind of runs up. It, it, it seems like Fala. They they actually were one of the witnesses relatively nearby, and uh, they walk over to you. Of course, you know, hair tied back a little bit little bit of soot on their face because what they did before anybody else did was rush forward to any of the corpses to see if any of them could be saved right mm-hmm. essentially because father is a druid and can heal and so they turn to you and say oh listen unfortunately I could do nothing for any of those that had fallen except for that man that got up and clearly didn't want my help I believe he was one of the villains responsible please find out whoever did this 
Absolutely. The fact is that the city watch are more likely to arrest the corpses for littering than find the people responsible for this. If we are to discover who is behind this, I believe it's up to you. And so they nod and they run over to co- to, to comfort Embrick. I think after we talk to the toddler, our best bet would be to try and follow the culprit. What he took is significant. We should get it back soon and avoid any more of these in our throats. You knock on why, the... Why have you kept that? It's crossbow bolts. I use a crossbow. It's covered in gnome's blood. They might fun sc- fight some kind of creature whose weakness is gnome's blood. <laughs> God damn. I mean, God damn. I bet there's one out there. It's probably true. Arcane check. Wow, you are morbid. So, with with that, you make your way into the tenement building next door. You know that on the third floor is essentially Tabitha's residence. You knock on the door, which is appropriately halfling-sized. You hear a... Wow, okay. You hear a... Yeah, like they're, they're, you they're might have wel- to stay outside first. <laughs> they are not welcoming to visitors. They have like a Hobbiton-sized uh, oh. tenement house. As, as to be fair, as some halflings that live in the city do, purely for space. Yeah, economically, you would, wouldn't you? Half the rent. So you knock on this little door, and it opens up into a beautiful, lush, just you know, doily encrusted living room. Oh. It's like a like bag end. Exactly so. It, it just it, exactly bag end. Just doilies and old people furniture everywhere. Uh, there is the grim face of Tabitha's grand mother matron you're not you're not sure nanny so she all right looks at you once again just a stern broad-shouldered yeah. little 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 halfling matron who looks like trunchbull from yeah. matilda but in halfling form crosses her arms looks at all four of you actually and says and what do you think you're doing hello young lady you oh couldn't my God. possibly be the mother of this toddler. You're far too young. Is she home at all? I beg you. She, 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 give me a roll. I, I have to say. Oh my God. Um, do we have initiative? And uh, inspiration? Initiative. Yes. yes, you do. I mean, it'd be funny to fail this, but... Uh... Don't roll initiative on the nanny. <laughs> I come first. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't think you need to roll well to done. do that, Nick. Reaction. <laughs> <laughs> I've been disappointing women as a free action. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone gets inspiration back again. Thank this you. episode <laughs> is now M rated. <laughs> oh, yeah. I want sex. You can't win sex. You're not doing it right. <laughs> what did you roll? Hurst is still shirtless, by the way. And my shirt's open as as previously stated. I'm wearing a comic pirate shirt and it is open. You want to do an extra button for this? Alright, I. Uh, so, persuasion, I guess. Yeah, yeah. A sensual 18. He's oh sensual. my god! So the matron kind of just sort of huffs and blusters. Tabitha is not well. Come tell me about it on the reclining couch. No, 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 no. She'll see no one. She's seen a terrible sight. She was apparently looking out her window and saw something awful. This is what we wish to talk to her about. We should calm her, reassure her, and make sure she goes to sleep early tonight. Bam. Golden bullet. She says, <laughs> Tell me about your day on the couch, and I'm so ever interested to hear about it. <laughs> okay, Which she... of the other nannies at the market do you dislike, and why? <laughs> oh, look, don't give me start on a... Oh, no, please, start. <laughs> I can wait no longer. 
Okay, with that, that will occur. Um, so she, she, she escorts you in, she walks over to the door and knocks and says, Tabitha, there's some nice people here to see you. Tabitha, a bit upset, I've not often seen her like this. And she opens the door. And you can see inside, Tabitha is a shade of how she normally is. Yeah. She is curled up in the corner, hugging her knees, and it looks as though she has thrown a toy against a wall. There's a little, a little crack in the wall, mm. and the toy has kind of, you know, exploded. Mm. I'm gonna walk over and, and kind of pick up the toy. Okay. And walk back over to her. You pick up the toy, and the toy basically is like a little puppet. Like a little wooden puppet, like a little gangly, you know, Pinocchio style thing, yeah. which is just smashed now. And she just sort of looks at you with big frightened eyes. Tabby, you know us. She just looks scared and looks down the ground. I know you've just had a big shock, but you know that we're we're good, right? We go and do good things for the city. We look after people. We make sure right is done. Give me a roll with advantage. I like it. What am I rolling? Persuasion. Intimidation. <laughs> Sorry, 14. 14. Okay. She looks up at you and says, You slave, you slave villains. That's right, Tabby. And you know what? We need your help yet again. I saw a villain. I thought you might have. Would you like to tell me about him? She, she points at her little toy. Like, like that. He was a big puppet made of metal, metal and wood. I see. Okay. Um, how tall was he? She, she looks to Hurst and says, tall, but very, very, very thin. She uh, kind of, you know, whispers behind her back to the others and just says, maybe gear forged. I thought as much as you. I... Here's the thing. Oh, sorry. Yes. But anybody that wants to can give me an arcana check. Mm-hmm. Any, anybody can, actually. Uh, or or a, a history check. Uh, 22. Two things. Great. Okay. Doesn't. Uh, so... Yeah. No, that's okay. So, you know... So, Izzy, you know uh, that... The, the, I mean, so she gives you a bit, a bit more of a description. And she says, he had a big hat and a... um, And she sort of described... It takes a little while because she doesn't know the, the, the right phrasing but he essentially has a Van Dyke beard and moustache like a metal one so similar to I guess like 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 you know like a swashbuckler like Errol Flynn like but a, a gear forged um, now here's the thing Gearforged in Forgotten Realms don't really, I mean Warforged aren't really in Forgotten Realms per se there are there are certain constructs and whatever like that and golems and things like that but the actual like Gearforged and so forth are very rare the one time that you are knowledgeable of them existing at all mm. would be stranger things that the House of Gond you know the actual god of constructs mm. yeah, and um, yeah. mechanical invention so the House of Gond which is known as the um, Izzy may have come across them at some point you, with your arcane studies I will, I will let you know that these so what these seem to be describing as a nimble ride. And a nimble ride is a very, very rare, very expensive construct, you know, like a golem, that has quite a lot of agility and alacrity and and intelligence, frankly, that is manufactured and created by the actual, mostly the the gnomes from the island kingdom of Lantern, you know, like the Tinker Gnomes Mm. land. Uh, There are, you're sure that you've seen a couple in the city, but they're very rare. They're expensive and they're hard to make. But with, with a 22, I'll say it sounds like a nimble ride. And if anybody would know about nimble rites or why there might be some in the city, you know, oftentimes the, the Temple of Gone will bring them in for the big parade that occurs, but that's towards the end of autumn. Also easy to find in a way. Mm. I mean, in some ways, I think I'd rather hear this than it's a human. Yeah, mm. it's like, it <laughs> was a true. man with brown hair. Yeah, yeah. it's a man with a beard. 
Yeah. We'll get right on that. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly so. So a lead. Uh, so Tabitha turns to you and says, it's, I'm sorry for breaking my toy. And she looks really sad. But I looked at him and he reminded me of him. So I decided to throw him against the wall. I'm sorry. That's okay. I understand. Sometimes we have kind of strange reactions to things that we don't realise we're going to have. But I want you to know that being scared or being sad is okay. She nods and wants to give you a hug. I give her a hug. And then over the top, I kind of whisper, does anyone have mend? <laughs> does anybody have a spell to mend something like this? I could try and physically put it back Tarry. together. I've got thieves tool and forge tool, so I feel like I could just. Yeah, hello. I'm nimble. Honesty. I probably would, would advise against it. Okay. If we're talking about the psychological impact, having having it put together, it becomes an object of play for her, which That's is healthier yeah, than an object sure, yeah. of fear. She broke something that she didn't really want to. Yeah. And that was kind of my idea: is putting yeah. it back. Together. I, I, and I agree with that. Yeah. So I'll just okay. I'll just roll for like de- just a dex check. Really, I've got a thieves tool and forgery tools and it's, a disguise kit. I feel like between those things, I can yeah, put I, a puppet I, back I, together. Absolutely. Roll. Disguise her teddy bear as a puppet. Twelve. That's fine. So you, so you put it together and build it out of thieves. <laughs> Well, Grandma's going to give me more. I mean, yeah. more later. Uh, she's already made me 18 cents. You've been here about a week. <laughs> we so. How many more picks do you need? Yeah. So Apparently. So when it comes to constructs and wonders and clockwork marvels and all, all manner of inventions like this, the, the Temple of Gond are really the authority. Yeah, that makes so sense. So if you wanted to maybe pay the Temple of Gond a visit as, oh, your, yeah. as your next step, there might yeah. be something to do. Do you want to avoid the city watch? Do, only because they might take up your time and yeah, ask you a bunch of useless questions. questions. Yeah. I think maybe well, get Neverember to help us yeah. Well, there's also we're up in Tabitha's room, so we could just nimbly pop out and uh, rooftop it. Shimmy down the drain pipe. You okay on rooftops, Izzy? Would you like uh, me to carry you, Izzy? I I think I'm okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> I think I'm okay. It's fine. So you're <laughs> right. I'm, I'm just gonna yeet. Izzy <laughs> across every rooftop. Wait, let me. Nobody tosses the wall, but everybody wait, tosses wait. the nose. Are you going for distance or accuracy? Oh my god. No, no, no. It's okay. Hey, guys, no, it's okay. It's I'm sorry, it's hoping for accuracy. Oh, it's no, yeet for distance. <laughs> so if you try to get it to the other roof, it's yeet. If you try to get it to land in a water barrel on the ground. And you tell me not to make you tell me not to make pop culture references. That's the worst. So with that then you shimmy down the drain pipes and you make your way through the still fog shrouded street it's been, a, it's been an hour now so it's getting towards mid to late morning you avoid the watch and frankly you want to go away from that tragic scene as you know you pass a couple of those people every day yeah. you can you can wait for the full body count right so one thing Izzy pardon me before you leave mm. before you leave Tabitha's bedroom yes uh, Tabitha turns to Jez and says also and she points down at Vincent Trench's store and says I see a lot of things from this window and Mr. Trench is a tiger right do we know he was a tiger I'll be honest he looks rather when you say a tiger do you mean like he turns into a tiger yes I saw him walk down the alleyway and he looked like a uh, a dwarf and then he for a little bit of time became a tiger but with backwards hands yeah and then and then he turned into how he normally looks when I go down and spy at him through the store (laughs) Oh, that's adorable. Rakasha. <laughs> Tabitha, you don't tell Change anybody me. about the things that you see, right? No, I'm told not to. Yes, good. So let's try to keep it that way, shall we? But it's she good knows. that you told us. Sorry, Vincent Trench is not normally a dwarf, is he? No, Vincent Trench is an East Asian man. He, look, he looks like... Yeah. So picture, picture Daniel like Kim, but in a fantasy medieval version, version yeah. of a I think he's noir a well, sort of trench, it, yeah. trench coat and detective thing. I think we can put that into the later hat bar. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Good to know. So do you remember the evil shapeshifter that was killing other shapeshifters? It's true. You do know if this is correct. Can Rakashas change shape? Rakshas, oh yes, most certainly. Like they have they have disguised person at will. Uh, but it's disguised not, so it, it's not it's not. But they're the tigers with the backwards hands. Yes. And they are they're devils. I thought they were alligators with backwards hands. Some are in some settings, I think. Some yeah, it de- depends on the setting. Most commonly they I mean they're, they're devils. Like they're from heaven. Oh, right. In real world mythology, yeah, they're, they're, they're tigers. And yeah. I think in some Dungeons Dragons think they're alligators with backwards hands. You recall when you hmm. first met him, you went to throw him something and he awkwardly caught it. Like like he was like he was like he was a butterfingers. And now right. sort of a bit of a sixth sense remembering, oh that would make sense. Because his fingers are on backwards. Because you with the illusion spell, right? If you if someone wants to look like with this spell, like let's say they're very thin and they want to mm. look fat. If you poke them it goes through it. Like yeah. it's very easy it's a complete illusion. So you have to catch it like this. So you have to yeah exactly right. So it all adds up. Oh okay so he's not he didn't actually shift necessarily. No mm. they have they have disguise self the spell at will. A bunch of I mean they're dangerous though. Like they're really powerful. Are they devils are uh, they they're lawful, lawful evil. evil yes. So they're not always terrible. No I mean they're always lawful evil. Yeah but like, I mean yeah. so are lawyers. So uh, true. But <laughs> demons are the ones who are like yeah. Yeah. No, no way no way no how whereas in theory I suppose a devil could live in a city and just generally be fairly yeah. no worse than your average bureaucrat. No but very very much so. A couple of things you know about them is yes. that they are immune to the first six levels of spell like oh, level one to six spells that is not immune yeah. oh, good. Like, that's like their main thing also they have various things like like detect thoughts at will and they, like they're, they're actually a really nefarious this, enemy this guy's okay. been part of the community for a long time though yes he has With well no... what if there were have been two Vincent Trenches yeah mm. well if he ate him and took his shape I see yeah it's mm. like the uh, cuckoo invading the nest of the uh, to mm. get it to raise their young well you perhaps he just lives here maybe hiding maybe he is you know relatively benign or I, mean, I don't know look look a problem to be sure but Devil first I think the temple of Gons to solve the more pressing problem I agree so the house of inspired hands is the temple of Gond and it is the it is <laughs> I feel the... there's also a brothel by that <laughs> I was going to say it sounds like a massage parlor I'm pretty right. sure there's a massage parlor on, I, and, and actually now that I think about it, it yeah, does, yeah. Uh, if you give a secret signal I'll give you a happy ending the house of inspired hands is the temple of Gond and is located in the richest suburb in all of Waterdeep which is the sea ward it is surrounded by a couple of other temples but this is where the real wealthy and elite live mm. this is the old school mm. money this is the richest government officials and nobles and I mean maybe the occasional merchant prince but really this is huge old decadent grandiose manners and other other temples the temple of Gond itself is a as you would imagine a resplendent place of craftsmanship it looks like a late renaissance cathedral it has huge gates that go all the way around it the gates open automatically for you as you approach there is a large mechanical whirling gear above the door so the symbol of Gond itself which is a tooth cog with four spokes rotates like a huge clockwork construction over the huge stone vaulted door at the front of the temple already it's very busy in its huge vaulted walls you can hear the echoes of the enormous ceiling as you as you start to approach but with the passive perception checks of you two being Nick and Hurst, you see a figure, you see a very spindle, scrawny, tall, 
cloaked figure perched on the roof of the temple, kind of just resting casually next to one of the spires. And it appears to be playing with, in its hand, a sort of a clockwork bird, like a clockwork sparrow. As you approach, the clockwork bird takes up and flies around, and this creature continues to sit there and watch it and watch it and watch it. The sun reflects off its sort of silvery hair, and then this bird just almost plummets into the street right near where you are. Like it doesn't quite work mm. properly. You know, it's pop, 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 crunch, boom. Then it looks down and sees you all approaching and sees that you've seen it. Mm-hmm. And so it just kind of, with remarkable dexterity and alacrity, runs and clearly goes into like the top of the roof of the temple. Izzy, you recognize yes. the movements of this thing. Well, it doesn't look exactly the same as the one that you pursued. You can already see from this angle that it's a little bit shorter. I was going to say, yes. And But it moves in exactly that same creepy sort of stop motion manner. Yes. I was going to ask you, well, I'll still Sorry, real, real, real quick aside. At some point, I assume we uh, stopped by the Trollskull Manor. To yeah. gear up? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. To put yes. clothes on. You, you put clothes on. You, you are outfitted for adventure now. Okay, good. Yes. Do you know, Izzy, if all nimble rites look the same? Are they cast from the same mould? Literally? Figuratively? I suppose it depends on the person uh, on the person that makes it. You would know, Izzy, that nimble rites are all unique. Because they are yeah. such, yeah, such yeah, boutique craftsmanship yes. items. Well, that's, that's exactly what I'm asking. I mean, look, a, a really, really wealthy noble or some such might want to have, say, a collection that all looks the same. Yeah, that would yeah. be the rarity. Mm-hmm. Normally they're made like by a craftsman because only, only the best craftsman can actually make them. Mm. Even the Temple of Gon wouldn't necessarily be able to make this thing. It might be, have, have to be something that they imported or whatever or from, from Lantern. Yeah. But no, they all, they all look a little bit different. Even from here, you can see the colouring on this one is distinctly different. Right, First that's all, my next follow-up question. Yeah. Is that the one? No, it looks different in terms of colour and it looks a little bit shorter. I suspect the fact that it ran at the side of us, it may know something. It, it looked like it was behaving suspiciously, like it wasn't supposed to be on the roof. Mm. And so in, only because uh, you spotted it, it's kind of like, oh, shit, shouldn't be up here. I'm not here. Um, I, Hurst will pick up the bird construct. Yeah, you pick it up. How bird-like is it? It's pretty good. It's, good. it's, it's well-crafted. On a scale of like a drawing that I made to an actual bird. <laughs> very... <laughs> It's 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 just a little bit wrong. Okay. It's like it was it's like it was made from someone who had heard about birds, but and maybe have seen them, but just didn't quite get it. So, as mentioned, the Temple of Gond is a grandiose cathedral-like building with huge spires and a symbol of Gond that is actually animated and clockwork grinding away above the door. Mm. What does he look like? It's a it's a spoke. It's a cog. Oh, it's sorry, I thought meant him himself. No, 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 no. no, 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 no the symbol of. Oh, yes. The Temple of Gond, the House of Inspired Hands, as it is called, is essentially half temple and half workshop. Mm. As you walk in, there is no altar. The only altar is essentially a great big work table, which is wow. most most prominent and up the front with a lot of display items. There are no pews or any other things like that. What you have is racks and racks of tables with people crafting things. Mm. It's a very practical deity. You see a large number of gnomes, elves, and humans. This is a very, not entirely human-centric temple. Gnomes are very, very fond of Gond, and you can see that there are several sort of scuffling about, you can see all manner of wondrous things being created. At the far end of the temple, you can see a tall female dragonborn priest. She is of the bronze uh, colouring and she has the, the robes uh, of Gond around her person, which are kind of a uh, sort of a paler white and yellowy colour. Wandering here and there and, you know, occasionally pointing at things and being like, no, that's terrible. No, improve that. You know, just, you know, little, little tweak here, that kind of thing. Most importantly, as a surprise to everybody, we now have Lyle. Lyle, our half uh, ben, would you, as you are doing a quick cameo here, would you please uh, introduce yourself and explain what Lyle is doing in the temple? Hi, I'm Ben. I play Lyle. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> here to still shoot. Yeah. At this point, I'm here because the next stage of crafting, which I presume is going, it hasn't already happened in this uh, podcast. It's been six days. It's been six days. Sorry. Yeah. So in this case, I'm canvassing for ideas and potential additional crafts that we can do for the Speak Freely tab. Perfect. So you see Lyle. Now, Lyle, of course, would have no idea of the mm. tragedy that has befallen you. <laughs> Lyle. Oh, oh, hello. Yes. This is a fan fantastic stuff in here. Lyle, did you um, hear a really big bang from not inside the temple a little while ago? That makes me very, very suspicious. It is too far away. You're on, okay. you're on the opposite right. side of the north part uh, of the city. Tomorrow's a second. It wasn't another toad, was it? No, 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 no. Wouldn't have had to shove it out the window if it wasn't eating anyone. Yes, Lyle, you look upset. I'm getting better at recognising emotions. Oh, well, good. Yes, you can probably then think about why that might be. What? Why would you ask about an explosion? Because there was one. Are we involved? We are currently... <laughs> <laughs> Hurst just sort of stops and looks at, like, the lock twins. Uh, no, not in the way you think, no. We are pursuing someone set up a fireball of a chain of fireballs, killing a lot of people outside the Trollskull Manor, including uh, our friendly paladin. Fire? Paladin wasn't yes. the target. Agatha's gone. Indeed. What? Yeah. No. She's... She saved one of the kids. She what about the died doing something very honourable. Yes, they're, they're all okay. They're all okay. Who? How? There was a gnome that was spying on Never Ember for Never Ember's father who wanted to meet Never Never Ember at the tavern. Our to, tavern. To share some important information, no doubt relating to this. And the the thing that was opened when we first met him, like because Hurst is very aware that we shouldn't be talking about this mm-hmm. in public. The thing that was opened when we first met him the matriarchal keepsake was involved in short we have chased the perpetrator a nimble right here here in the temple well not chased it we're uh, chasing the information then it's a nimble right it was a nimble right this is the place to come so you being here speaks highly of your goddess's involvement in this particular manner so I suggest you uh, join us real stroke of luck We'll grieve mm-hmm. for Agatha later, but right now the best thing mm-hmm. we can do to honour her memory is find out what the hell has happened here. Lyle, with you having been in the temple for a good couple of hours, mm-hmm. uh, you maybe have learned a little bit of the nature of uh, craftsmanship and so forth, and so we'll say that the name Nimblerite strikes a bell with you. So okay. the Nimblerite is a construct, a very expensive, very, very rare construct of, you know, of sort of vaguely humanoid proportions, which typically looks like a sort of a gangly humanoid. Um, mm-hmm. They're very dexterous and very intelligent, so they're very prized as far as constructs go. They're rare. You you have heard rumor that the, the Temple of Gond themselves have recently acquired one. Oh, um, right. And so whether this is the same one, you've got no idea. But obviously, sure. being the Temple of Gond, they might know more about them. Of course, being such a such a rare commodity. All right. So, mm-hmm. have you noticed who holds rank here on the floor that we may be able to coerce? I gestured towards where the Dragonborn Priestess, the Bronze One, uh, was critiquing work. Her, Her name is uh, High Priestess Valletta. Valletta. Uh, High Priestess Valletta. We may need to be mindful that while these people might be able to help us, they might be the very people that we're after as well. Something to keep in mind. Bit of healthy paranoia, never hurt anyone. That's right. I mean, I don't trust anyone who works with industrialisation. Good, then we'll agree. Right. Mm. We'll be courteous, polite, but suspicious. Well, that sounds like um, a job for Nick Locke then. That's pretty much my go-to, yes. Okay, (laughs) from from the corner of one of the tables, you hear someone yell out, Oh, bloody hell, clock time! 
And Lyle, you know, this means mm. there is a small construct of a clock tower that was built to essentially be an alarm. Mm. So you set it and then it rings. Sounds like a great idea. Right. The mm. problem is that this thing makes thunder waves sound quiet. Oh, and sure. they have not been able to reduce the volume. <laughs> and short of destroying it and destroying th- a couple of thousand gold and hours and hours of work, there's nothing else to be done about it because it, it just mm. echoes. It actually does sonic damage. Circular silence? Um, no, you can do that. You can, you can do that. But magically, it extends beyond the silence. Uh, because, yeah. because the action actual magical and it is magical projection of it is about 100 feet and silence is only for about 20 feet uh, so right. everyone knows to so Lyle to right. just upon hearing that I jam my fingers into my ears and I look to all of you and say do it okay. <laughs> everyone just like Okay, so so the the other halfling who's got little black uh, black sideburns and is dressed, you know, in a little green tunic, just goes, "Nope, that's it. That's absolutely it," and goes to pick it up to smash it. Ooh, <laughs> and, oh no! Uh, I don't. I'm, we're not going to stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, he, he, he stops and looks at you. Can you be heard? I mean, can anyone be heard? I mean, it's loud, but you can, just, if you shout, then you wait! can. Wait! <laughs> Actually, yeah, I'm kind of just like, just wait, 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 um, like with my ears blocked. Sure. Does he put it down? He does and looks at you suspiciously. What is that? For? It's a clock I made, but it's too loud. I can't reduce the volume. <laughs> What did you do? Do you want to buy it? I mean... No. No. no, no. Wait, wait, wait. Do we have anyone we particularly dislike that we can hide this somewhere yeah. in their house? A lot of people. <laughs> yeah, let's take it. Let's take it off his hands. Say we'll sell it. Honestly, let's go hide in someone else's house. 100 gold. I'll give it to you for 100 done. gold. Done. No, wait. That'll be enough. <laughs> done and done. <laughs> Wait, how often does it go off? Once an hour. I feel like I was right. oh. Just tell you what. I tell you what, we sell this to a farmer as a as a as a mechanized scarecrow. We could make a we rent it out, we would make a pretty penny. This might be a good way to get your grandmother out of the inn. Like, yeah, if anything she'd fix it. Oh yeah. It'd be good come back, it'd be working and covering in doilies. You know what? Don't even worry. Okay. Their grandma their grandmother is visiting! She's a pain in the ass! <laughs> oh come now. Uh, while, while this conversation is so so does somebody offer to buy this thing I will for 100 gold that's not do it you cowards <laughs> so, so the halfling takes the gold shoves you the clock which by the way is like three or more like two and a half feet tall that's a really resplendent looking thing uh, look, it's it a bag of holding it no. I just no. I just thought about that I was like no. oh we don't have to you know stash it I, I, no, I cannot you stress go- enough <laughs> that you are not taking this back to the manor <laughs> oh no 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 it's going in people's houses on the floorboards yeah yes. it's going to have to it's going to have to do that shrink I would like to take a look at it you do yeah give me an arcana check sure I'll, I'll take that off my gold. I'm quite happy to purchase this as a foolish... Uh, oh, it's all right. We've got enough. Can, yeah. you, can you fix it in a way that it can be reversed? Can you shrink it to make it Is Izzy, you'll have advantage on this because you have yes. a researcher feet. This is very I sort do. of, you know, academic in nature. Also, I know. While this is happening, I'll be like, Lyle would have known. Oh, actually, sorry. Yes, Hurst. While, while Izzy's yes, looking over, another little gnome. Like, it, just mm. if, you, if you just picture, like, a little gnome wizard in the dictionary, uh. like, picture, like, one step away from a garden gnome. Like, little <laughs> little little goatee and beard, but no side beard. <laughs> Conical doesn't man. doesn't have a it has a conical hood more sort of like the um, I guess sort of more of like a wee willy winky hat you know and like yeah. a, little, a little blue tunic and robe mm. yes is he. Uh, I rolled a 17 on the die. I have Artificer's Law. Okay, yep. Um, which adds double my proficiency bonus, which is <laughs> two. It's 
27. Okay, so yeah, you can fix this. I can... No, don't. No, no, no. Can, you, she, can she fix it in a way wait. that we can return it to... Oh, completely. So you, so you, can, you can turn it off. You can set it. You can set it for five minutes, for an hour. You can have it as a timer to sets off a crazy loud booming sound. This is actually wait. really fun. That actually does a D4 damage sonically to anybody within 20 feet. We have a noise bomb. I, I actually take the clock and like set it down. And uh-huh. I... Yeah, basically, with the skill of a surgeon... Okay, just that's great. T- just taking out parts and and just you know kind of just staring at it, but like grabbing things around. Yeah, that's the right. Homer Simpson like, eating give style. Me, yeah. give, give me that screwdriver over there. Don't uh, well, someone else. <laughs> in this in this place, if you ask for a screwdriver, three people hand you one. Excellent. So, they're all the different sizes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so this yes. small this small the blue gnome, uh, blue robed mm. gnome wanders up to you and says, "Hello there. I don't I don't suppose I could trouble you for a brief moment." Sorry, my favorite part about that is when you're doing the voice, you will look. Looking up as well. <laughs> 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 I love it. I'm sitting next to Tom, and Tom's looking like three feet above my head. <laughs> Pardon me, my good sir. You, you look to me like something of a mercenary or an adventurer, somebody that could use a magical shield. I'm looking to sell a magical shield at a heavy discount. Don't ask any questions about it. But would you like to purchase it? I have questions about it. <laughs> Damn it! I thought you might. <laughs> now I like shields. I have a shield. Oh, this is better. I can guarantee that. Um, don't like artifices though. I'm a druid. That's alright, I'm more of a wizard. I just stay here to make my magical items. It's a good environment for crafting. Yeah, so what's wrong with it? Nothing. (laughs) It protects, and even better, it alerts you. It it, 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 it talks. Uh. Oh boy. Take the shield, take the shield, take the shield, take the shield, take the shield. Just, take the shield. Just, in my mind, I have this, like, buddy cop comedy of her standing in an annoying shield. He holds forward. It's kind of a small... Don't you dare put me in front of that sword. Clang. Ow. Oh, you fucker. <laughs> so, it, it's a small, round, very sort of, like, nice-looking, almost, like, mithril-coloured uh, shield with some blue inlay. So, it was originally designed to give out an alert if it was struck, which it, which it does. <laughs> uh, Hurst will... He puts it down on the ground. Hurst will knock on it. <laughs> oh, fuck! <laughs> Ow! <laughs> fuck, why? <laughs> and so with that, he gets the, the gnome. <laughs> the gnome gets a hammer and just goes bang. Ow! <laughs> oh, by all the fucking gods, why would you? Why was I made this way? <laughs> Ouch! Okay, very important question. Does it actually feel pain? I don't know. I was going to be completely honest with you. Uh, Shield, do you actually feel pain? Fuck yes! <laughs> guess the scenario. <laughs> so, second question that I have, do any of you have the sleep spell prepared at all? Nope. Nope. I can I can do something like the sleep spell. <laughs> no, I think I'm just going to need you to turn around and I'm going to get behind you. <laughs> Jez, do you uh, come forward? I do, but it depends on what you want to use it for. Oh, I have a final <laughs> test. I think I've completed my waking helm, but I need to be put to sleep first and I am going to go to sleep in this place ever since that clock goes off every hour. If you can't sleep upon me, I'll give you 400 gold. Are you serious? Just to cast sleep on you? And yes. then put the helmet on you? No, no, I'll, 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 I'll put it on myself. Are you sure oh, I can't just check right. them out? I, I think that Jess thinks that this is so odd. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. I have to get ready. He, he takes off his little his little uh, soft cap and then he puts on a helmet. Now, it's a large conical helm that has essentially like the face of a lion carved on the front of it, but also on the sides of the helmet, near where you'd have sort of cheek guards, well, you've actually got two little hands. 
face. You've got like two <gasps> little metal hands that seem to like come down the side of the face. And he says, God, right. And he, and he straps it under his chin and sits, sits down in a chair. I feel like says, we're about to experience shitty robots. <laughs> Alright then. Can't sleep on me. His jaw ripped off. Alright, mm. so she's just run an insight check. This is what she was wanting to do before, just to mm-hmm. before agreeing to any of this. Sure. She rolled 15. Okay. You think he's telling the truth, but he's nervous about this. This does feel like a fetish a bit. <laughs> a king shaming? Yeah. I'm not king shaming. I'm just like, you know, consent is important. It is. And we want to know what we're getting ourselves into. If a man wants to slap his own face with a helmet, we let him. <laughs> and he wants to get a street wench to put him to sleep. I mean, that's his business. Right, she yeah, goes, but the street wench should know. And sure. she goes, uh, oh, all right then. And she casts sleep. Okay, so he he goes to sleep. Yeah. Uh, he just he doesn't have the hit points to. Uh, you know, no. It, it, it'll work. As soon as he starts to snore, the helmet all of a sudden the, the, the like the uh, their little hands elongate, like they come out on effectively like snake like cords, and then they just start to <laughs> smack him in oh, the face left oh, and right. Oh, oh. Uh, Hurst slips the shield in between the face and the helmet. Oh. At that point, the priestess approaches and says, Do you mind? Can I help anybody here? You certainly can. Yes, get me out of this fucking place. This place is weird. I believe we may have lost sight of our objective. You guys got saw coming from so far away. Oh, things that make noises. (laughs) You're the one who put the garden. I never purchased the shield. Buy everything. Despite what it looks like, we're here on a serious map. It looks very different to that. But call 12 dead civilians burned alive by one of your creations a serious matter alright let's not accuse anyone of burning anyone alive with their particular creations her snooty air evaporates however mm-hmm. she is still a cleric and I just want to cut through that nonsense presumably and she says how can I help is there somewhere a little bit more private we can mm. discuss this indeed after I receive my 400 gold <laughs> The gnome sort of like, oh, like he, he's rubbing his jaw and his nose is bleeding. And he's like, well, you need to turn down the settings at least three notches. But thank you. At least it works. He I want to take the shield off him just because otherwise he'll use it. And if the shield does actually feel pain, I just kind of feel sorry for it. I don't want to use it. I just want to put it somewhere where it's going to be safe. Okay. You can take the shield. I mean, if you want to buy the shield, you can. All right. I take the 400 gold off Jess and give it back to him. I am very displeased. <laughs> here's, a, here's a plus one shield, though. Every time it gets on <laughs> Moral quandary. Moral, <laughs> yeah, moral quandary for the player. Yeah, Hurst feels bad for it. Okay. <laughs> so with that, the um the, the high priestess, uh, Valletta. Valletta. High priestess Valletta takes you aside. She takes you into a small room behind the altar that has a couple of very precious items on display. And you can see a couple of them look <laughs> No, no stealing. <laughs> My hands are literally. Well, I twitching. can't do any stealing when you keep saying no stealing. We walk in somewhere. Good job, Hurst. <laughs> Some of the items here look really interesting. So there is a on a small pedestal is a miniaturized, effectively mechanical snapping toe, yeah. which is labelled with a bronze plaque that says "Do not touch." <laughs> you know, Big Belchi sank in deep water harbour on the Day of Wonders in 1363 Dale Reckoning. Next to it, you can see there appears to be what looks like a tiny miniaturised version, about only less than a foot long, of a bright red submarine that looks like it's in the shape of a manta ray. Mm. Hmm. 
And underneath it's got essentially the Scarlet Marpanoff. And yes, Marpanoff is the Faerunian equivalent of October. It's the 10th month of the year. <laughs> Lantanese Submersible. Launched in 1489, Del Reckoning. Lost in the Saharan Wars. Ah, so these are models and not yeah. actual things. Hmm. Exactly so. Happy for me to talk? Yes. Mm. By the way, you want to... No, no, you, you go ahead. This morning, near Trollskull Manor, are you familiar with it? Trollskull Manor? I, I don't believe so. Upcoming bar, nice patrons, <laughs> good clientele. Reasonable prices. Reasonable prices. She says, I must be honest, I don't drink and <clears throat> very rarely leave the temple walls. It is in, it is our location of business. Good for you. Yes, indeed it is. However, some of our neighbours are now dead. A necklace of fireballs was used on a gnome, killing many people, including a paladin of one of the local temples. We do not craft necklaces of fireballs. Some no. wizards in our temple craft magical items, but we craft constructs and wonderments. Yes, it's the former rather than the latter I'm interested. Constructs like a nimble right, which is the one who threw it, and then left, and then shot one of our party through the neck with a crossbow. She sort of like grimaces for a second and says, um, um, I'm embarrassed to say, but Nimbrewites are a very difficult to construct. What about construct. the one in the temple? You've got one upstairs. We certainly do not. You certainly Her- do. Hurst pulls out the uh, mechanical bird and goes, I want to return this to it then. <sighs> to the Nimbrewite that does not exist in your temple. Nim is bound to the temple. It cannot leave at all. Period. The one uh, that doesn't exist, that you just told us doesn't exist. All right. Yeah, I can't stress how mad insight. Um. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> your, your passive insights alert you to the fact that... No, no, no she's telling the truth about that. She truly believes that Nim is bound to... Lyle's mad dog here. The, mm. the temple. The good news for you is that we do not believe it was, was the one in question. However, it fled at the sight of us, so it may know things of import. What do you mean the sight of it? How did you see it? You know, that... <laughs> now we're admitting, you know... Hurst holds up the bird again. It was out. We have powers of perception beyond your wildest dreams. All right, then. With that, she turns and... No, I I genuinely want to give feedback. Like, I want to... No, it's a good design, but it's not as bird-like as it could be. She shakes her head and... and, uh, with, with throwing her hands up in exasperation leads you up Good. the stone staircase. That's what I'm going for. So she, well, eventually she, people give me what they want because they're so exasperated. Yes. Eventually she takes you up to like the upper, upper reaches. So think of this like uh, close to like the, I guess where like a bell tower would be. Quasimodo style. Yeah, it doesn't actually have a bell tower but this is the, like the top of one of the spires. Mm. And she looks over the door and says, I will return it to Nim. Although I guarantee you that Nim had nothing to do with this incident. We, Nim, you also guaranteed us that you didn't have a nimble right here. So you know, this is... Yeah, uh, it's like... It's it's, uh, honestly, it's kind of hard to take it. You were anymore. Uh, we were, you know, she leans forward and says, "Listen, reputation, lifetime to build." We were trying to keep the fact that we purchased them right secret. First of all, to hide our embarrassment at the fact that we cannot make one ourselves, and secondly, because we wanted to surprise people in the Day of Wonders parade. Well, I think we've had quite enough unpleasant surprises well, today. Well, so the nice. good news is no one's going to have to ask the druid about. Uh, uh, no one's going to ask a druid about a uh, nimble right. Anyway, so I'm not going to have to lie for you. She nods. Why don't you just stay here while we talk to her? Genuinely don't care. Oh, I'll need to translate. Nim only speaks sign language. It, it can't speak. Uh, so she knocks on the door. We 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 I, yeah we say we're in sign language. Just like that's fine. We know a language. We know a yeah, sign language. Yeah, language. Do we, no, we know we don't know the you kids' know, sign language. You know standard sign language, and the kids made up sign language. Mm-hmm. You presume that it would be standard sign language, though. But do you want to keep that secret? Or, yeah, I'd rather keep or, that. Or, or, or do you want to? Because yeah. then don't forget the advantage is that people yeah. translating for you. Yes, she will make yeah. her own interpretation if she doesn't okay. know the weakness. Well, Hurst yeah. goes to say. She knocks on the door. Nim, I know you're in there. Well, you better be. I'm opening the door, Nim. With that, aha! It 
thrown the door open, mm. you can see what looks to be effectively the layer of a construct. There's a couple mm. of tables that are set up with little bits and bobs that are under construction, like its own work table. And as you look, this particular nimble right, which by the way has no beard or moustache, is a sort of shorter stature and has gangly legs that are a little bit too long. Mm. And uh, its hair is effectively like layers of uh, silver leaves mm. that extend wow. down to its shoulder length. And so it, it, it looks up in alarm and she points at the table of work and she says, no, absolutely not. Oh, you are in trouble. And with that, you can see there's a couple of birds and like a little mechanical chipmunk and a mechanical rat. Ooh. And then the right goes to grab it and like take it and like shakes its head and starts to sign. And you realize it is, it is speaking in standard sign language. It says, no, please, please let me keep them. Please let me keep them. No, you know the rules. And then stops. What are the rules? And you realize she, she felt silly for saying it out loud as yeah, opposed yeah. to just signing backwards. Constructs cannot make other constructs. Well, clearly they Fundamental can. laws. It is wrong. They turn out wrong. No, this one maybe turned out too badly. Maybe if you let them practice, they'd be better. Yeah. Afraid of being outshone by one of your own creations. How else we, is he going to learn? Before we start casting judgment on that, I still would like to know a little bit more about... <laughs> we are really not... It just seems really mean is all. I just mean, let us, r- rather than talking, maybe listen for mm. a change. So Nim just grabs the stuff and, and sort, of, sort of, you know, in that strange sort of kooky stop motion mm. nightmare before Christmas manner, just kind of scuttles over the corner and really protect... It's strange because... It, its face doesn't move at all. It has no expression whatsoever. It has no mouth that gives off any sound to speak of. And then just sort of signs and says, please, please, I will only make small things this time. And then she just frowns and signs back, what do you mean this time? Mm. And then Nim just kind of like looks left, and like, but, but like with its head, and then just sort of says, I mean, ever. <laughs> Us. Are you going to translate for us, or you're just going to yell at your poor, poor fellow? Yeah. She seems like she's torn. The impression that you get with your insights, though, all of you, is that mm. she wants to help you, but also does not like the idea that this thing could actually be responsible. You know, like it would look badly on them, for example. <sighs> all right. It said this time, as though it's made bigger things before. I no. It's impossible. Mm. That it made one of it a friend for itself? First thing I would do if I was locked in a tower. She signs, she signs to it. Have you ever made a nimble right like you? And then Nim just kind of looks at you all and then says, yes. <gasps> mm. Unacceptable. Where is it? That nimble right could leave. It has. Weeks ago. Um, Did it I think that at this stage, maybe there's no more point in hiding. No, I would found we know the secret. Sign language. We know mm. that she's going to be honest with mm. us. So um, Jez is just going to sign. Why did it leave? Did you have a disagreement? Nim just nods. It was wrong. He tried to make it. It was bad. I, I, I'll do better next time. It signs. <laughs> I, just, I just wanted a friend. I'm lonely up here. I, you, I, I just want to sign. Do you know where we can find it? It shakes its head. Did it have a beard? And I nods. He, so he pulls out a book because mm. he has a couple of books that are hidden. Oh, you're only supposed to have the approved books. Where'd you? No, oh, that one's fine. It's an action adventure story. And he's pulling up, it's a, basically like a pirate tale. Yeah. And you can see it's got like a swashbuckling hero. It looks very much like Errol Flynn mm-hmm. with this, you know, engaged yeah. in a Basil Rathbound villain on the cover. Mm. And that's it, it points. And that's and that is I, is yeah, what this I, looks like. I will take the book and flip through it. All right. Uh, well, I'm sorry, but if it, if uh, Nim doesn't know where it is, then it can't be of help to you. Well, no. There's still more questions we have for him, if that's okay. She crosses her arms and says, all right. And frankly, you're already responsible 
for this. Anything that happens from this point is only going to go further to exonerating you and maybe you can help us put a stop to the problem that you've caused. She says, I will make you a deal. I will allow you to question Nim to whatever degree you wish on the proviso that you keep this entire matter secret and that you find and destroy this creation of it. Counteroffer? We'll do nothing of the sort and we'll do what we'll want or we'll tell everybody that it's your fault, which it is. If you'd given this thing a friend, it wouldn't have created its own evil twin. Yep. I mean, if you lock someone up by themselves, then, you know... Let us do you this favour, maybe. Yeah. Okay, you know what? No role required. That's just too good logic. She, she actually has no leverage, so she just kind of... And she's not a bad person. No, so no, She's no, not no, going to yeah. threaten you or take you out or, you know, even non-lethally do any yeah, nonsense. Yeah. So she just kind of begrudgingly bows and moves moves backward and just watches you and just gives you a perfunctory nod. Mm. No... Um, Jez signs. What what does it want? So Nim sort of just like looks, cocks his head to the side, and you know, like any good Doug Jones style of performance, it conveys a lot of emotion with purely the inc- the, the mm-hmm. movement of its head, mm-hmm. and it looks sad and guilty. And then then signs. It was bad. It wanted to kill. It killed several birds and rats and I told it not to but that's why I made these to replace them Mm, mm. I figured that continues to sign I figured it killed five birds and three rats I'd make it right by making five robot birds and three robot rats good logic I'm looking over at Hurst at that I'll ask do your animals turn out bad is that shakes and says no Animals are simpler. I think the problem probably lies, although it's a matter for the priests, in making sentient life is what it That's can't what do. That's what they said. Place needs to stop making things with feelings. Yes, I feel I strongly object to him being locked up here. Frankly, he's clearly a sentient creature. Mm. He seems to. We this... negotiate that a little later. Yeah. But I, think... I also signed to Nim again. He said it's bad and it's cruel, but does it like you? He signs and says it used to. But then I disagreed and told it not to kill anymore. So then it said that it would kill me. And then I ran and, and banged on the door to alert people. But by that point, it was obviously afraid and ran away. I just turned to my friends and say, well, maybe, maybe we can use Nim. Yep, think so. Thinking the same thing there. Says, I think he's let's just take him with us. These people will have a hat of disguise. We can keep their little secret safe. And we've got them backed into a corner. It will take an extraordinary amount to break the ward ritual to allow Nim to leave. Nim cannot leave the temple. It is bound here. What's well, the difference between breaking a ward and undoing it? Well, hours and thousands of gold, which I'm not going to pay. Right. Okay. What about the Vare Guild for the deaths of the citizens you called? How much would that cost? Those deaths lie on the creature that it is made. Who was built by... Who was owned by... A person is not judged by their children's actions. I, be- I believe... I would be judged uh, if my sword ended up in somebody's gut. Listen, listen. I think I can be of help. Let's avoid threatening each other. I have another solution. Listen. I purchased this Nimblerite, Nim, as did all the other, I think, maybe dozen or so Nimblerites that exist in the city, all came from one source. Recently, they have come to the city. Only a short while ago, mm. a, a couple of months at most, the Sea Maiden's Fair, Captain Zardos Zor. The Sea Maiden's Fair, actually, you would know just generally, anybody who's been in the city for a while, mm. the Sea Maiden's Fair is a, is a recent uh, traveling carnival, basically. It's a three-ship, essentially, you know, carnival. They have floats that go through the city. They uh, have a whole bunch of, um, you know, performance. Performers, acrobats, contortionists, you know, mechanical things as well. Basically, they just think of them like sort of a, a crazy fantasy Cirque du Soleil. So Cap- Cirque du Soleil. Similar. So Captain Zardos Zor, he's, a, he's an odd man. And listen, he's the, the number one source for all purchased number rights in the city. I suggest that if he has sold them to everyone, he might know some way of, uh, I don't know, finding them. Or Hmm. At least be able to tell you where not to look. He, he's a, he would have to be an expert in nimble, right? Hmm. Good advice. I still think Nim should come with 
us for now. Nim, is there a way of, I don't know, quickly deactivating the thing? I was going to ask that question. <laughs> oh, sure, sorry. Um, I, I actually looked to the priest. This ward that you have. Yes. Does it have a, a, a focus? Some sort of physical generator? It, no, it is, it is a physical ward around the temple. And she, she, oh, she's right. not wrong. Like, it, it would actually be a, it would be a ward for certain constructs. But, yeah. like, once once oh. set up, it would you, you can remove it. But it, it would it, take it, hours. And this is time sensitive, I think, yeah. is the, the okay. argument here. But if you will give... I feel bad. I did not realise they were quite so sapient. Other constructs that we deal with are not. You, you've made a good point. So I will see to it that the ward is removed and Nim is freed of his bound. And if, if it wants to come with you, it can. But I strongly advise you do, do not let it make other constructs. That seems, that at least seems sensible. Very well. Birds and animals, I think. Come back in two days and Nim is yours. I'll look to Jez. Yeah, all right. I don't think either of us like the idea of him being cooped up here. Um, Definitely not. We were quite free spirits, so yes. yeah. Could we possibly halve the time if the conditions, if there was a condition placed? Um, twice the money, I suppose. Do you have 2,000 gold to add? Mm, no, no, I don't. We <laughs> don't, Izzy. All right, then. Well, you investigate Selling this Selling this clock for 2,000. Investigate the Sea Maiden's Fair, and mm-hmm. I will have him ready for you in two days. Good. I'll sign. See you later, Nim. Nim, Nim looks excited. We're going outside. Claps its hands excitedly. You leave? As we leave, and as we're going past all the work work tables, the clock is still there. Of course, yeah. So Izzy runs over and goes, oh, almost forgot. Pulls up the clock, Mm -hmm. sets the time, sets the pendulum. (laughs) Oh, okay. Nice. Okay. That should be it. Um, is the and now, you can, and now you can take it. I don't want to take it. That's cool. No, you <laughs> I think it's, it's, like, I think it's oh, amazing as a noise bomb, just for annoying everybody, but also like there's actual functionality of that as a web well, destruction. No, here's yeah. the thing. I don't know if I. It, it was basically just to kind of set a condition on the clock. Okay. Because as you said, I can turn it off, turn it on again. Oh yeah, yeah. TV, yeah. I mean, I would turn it off for a while. <laughs> Oh, no, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, you can, I mean... But sorry, so you're not taking the clock? Let's leave it here for two days for some mischief. Oh, come back yeah. again in the two yeah. days. Gotcha. We, we can leave it, but I've turned it off. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, that's, that makes perfect sense. Yes. You walk out onto the streets, the Temple of God, and I, I guess you're going to make your way down to the Sea Maiden's Fair? Yes, yeah, seems like the yes. obvious next. Great. Tell me more about what happened. We don't really know. It all happened pretty suddenly. It was an yeah. explosion and... We didn't witness it. Only the aftermath. What, maybe through a couple of fireballs. Alchemically enhanced, and, and, we'll, and we'll show you. We have it. On us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have it. They hold forth a, a necklace of fireballs that has one one crystal remaining. Ooh, it's alchemically enhanced. Agatha threw herself on the child, and some kind of miraculous paladin spell, I guess. They were unharmed. Agatha's dead. Many of our neighbors are dead. Not many wounded. It killed who it killed, and the rest got away with. We don't think this is random, do we? No, it was a fight between Xanathar Guild and Zentarum again. Obviously, the gnome had some pressing information to do with this great game. They wanted it, and the nimble rights obviously a mercenary in the heart and the hire of one of these two groups took something off his body and that's what we seek to find we now have the, um, the his mother's locket mm. i convinced him to give it to us otherwise he'll be next on the list we've made no small amount of enemies and this seems this had nothing to do with us actually in this case mm. to help everyone out because i, I realize yeah. I've, I've burdened you with a lot of shit happening at once after a bunch of very simple little side quests so the bullet points of what you've discovered so far yeah. is is this yep dalakar a gnome's 
spy who works for Lord Neverember. Dagon Neverember. Like a mind. Dagon Neverember. Is mostly paid to watch over Reyna. Um, he contacted Reyna this morning, a couple of hours ago, stating yeah, hey, I was living with us. Yeah, I need you. I need to meet you at Troll Skull Manor mm-hmm. right now. I have something really important. Please make sure you bring your locket. And mm-hmm. Reynard it didn't have a method to reply, so presumably he was going to go along with this. Dalekar, from what the witnesses in the street said, it fell out like this. Dalekar, little gnome, ran down the street, pursued by two separate small groups. One is one of the Zentarum, the other of the Xenothar guilds. Right. As they all kind of converged in a three-way clusterfuck, mm-hmm. a nimble right on the roof threw a necklace of fireball thing, which set off this explosion yes. because it connected to a bakery. Everyone in the blast was killed except for Erstel Floxin as an Zentarum lieutenant with the skunk beard that you met yes. before and mm-hmm. Jez now is wielding the dagger of stolen little stuff I remember purely because he was a high level rogue who managed to you know not get killed by the blast although he was uh, very yes. wounded yep. he was knocked down yep. the, the nimble right came down searched through the gnome's body took mm-hmm. something that vegetable. apparently looked like a vegetable yeah. from Vincent Trench's description Vincent Trench stole the whole thing from his yep. store he's a rakasha the pro- yeah the private eye who's a rakasha mm. according to Tabitha we all know what tall That's tales she tells yes Ran up on top of the building, was pursued by Izzy, also pursuing the nimble right across the rooftops was Erstel, who sort of woke up, dusted himself off, saw the nimble right had flown away with whatever the gnome was carrying. Considered shooting a child. Considered shooting Tabitha, but then too many witnesses, so he went, oh fuck it, and just ran on. Climbed up on top of the building, was invisible, so presumably took a potion or activated an item or whatever. Yeah. Izzy then met him on the rooftop both chasing the nimble right he just shot Izzy straight in the neck and fall and fall into a water barrel and so what, what happened from there Izzy doesn't know did Ursula catch the nimble right yeah. who knows he could have you don't think so though. Like this nimble right was pretty quick yeah. Tabitha saw it was very upset told you oh by the way Vincent Trench is a tiger person with backwards hands Yeah, because she watches everything from her balcony apparently mm. and uh, and that's that's where you sort of why I believe her because it's a pretty specific detail to it know is. about a real thing you know like mm. yeah. you know what I mean so <laughs> yeah. informed of all this you come down to the docks the sea maiden sphere is no less than three flagships three ships three very large galleons all of them resplendent and well constructed and very lavish and some way. So the, the flagship, which is the Heartbreaker, uh-huh. you can see uh-huh. is is anchored deep in the heart, but there are two that are docked, the two smaller ones. And you can see on both of these, there's a couple of there's, there's groups of sailors and obviously also circus performers. One of them seems to be more of a cargo hold, and they have large cages with beasts and animals. I mean, they have, they have a manticore, they have, you know, lions and tigers and all sorts of magical things. They have a unicorn. It really is just an absolute traveling carnival. So right now, they've done some performances during Fleet Week. You've probably seen one or two. They have all manner of illusions and acrobatics and contortions and beasts and, you know, bardic performances and all that kind of thing. Yeah, there they are. There's there's two separate docks. There's three ships. Mm -hmm. And you can see that there's a bunch of people in the alleyway nearby. Other things things nearby are there also. How do you approach? What do you do? We'll make some inquiry about uh, who this captain is and see if we can meet him. Do you just approach one of the random performers? One of the sailors? One of the Mm. um, circus performers? What's your uh, tactic? All right, simple enough. Look for, yeah, one of the performers, I think. Okay, nice. Yes. You come upon one of the performers, okay? Yes. So this particular performer uh, is a female sun elf. She's got mm-hmm. sort of, you know, tan skin and very short, closely cropped blonde hair and is, you know, wearing sort of colourful mummer's garb and at the present time is just is just practising juggling knives. Okay. But she, she's practising this by balancing on one foot on mm-hmm. one of the posts of the pier. As you approach, she says, hello, hello. Uh, we're not performing for a little while. You can see the parade at noon. Oh, that's good. I'm hoping to strike up some business with uh, Captain Saw. Zord. Zord, sorry. Captain Zord? Yes. Oh, well, well is he, he's, he's a very busy man. Do you have an appointment? Yes. <laughs> 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 Give me a bluff oh, check. Boy. Oh, 
boy. Bluff check, please. And let's see. And with stuff. Uh, 14. Okay. So yeah, yeah, she isn't the most savvy. So she gets down and yeah. says, all right, I guess I'll, uh, I'll, I'll take you to one of, one of the other um, captains. They, they can always get in contact with him. If she points in a direction, that would be good. Well, he's on the flagship, so we'll need to get you across there on a boat. But she walks Well, then, yes, we should absolutely do that. Indeed. One of the nearby ships is called the Hellraiser. So the three ships are called the Eyecatcher, the Heartbreaker, and the Hellraiser. <laughs> the Heartbreaker is the cool. flagship. It's just, oh, it is this no. huge, gilded monstrosity. And as you get towards this one ship, you're led up on deck. And if you're the... Sa- so there's about 20 sailors, like actual sailors that operate the ship. And then there's the other performers, which are kind of scattered about. Can anybody give me a perception check on the sailors? Because there's a couple of interesting things to note about them. 14. 14, okay. 20... 20... Oh, sure. 10. 23. I rolled 23. Wow, okay. 27. 27. Jeez, Marie's. Okay, so you two notice that that of the sailors, not the performers, which, you know... Seem to be very, you know, I mean, they're weird circus performers, but whatever. The sailors are very odd. Out of all 20 of them, every single one of them is male. Every single one of them is slender and attractive. Different ethnicities and different, they're all human. Mm-hmm. They're, all, they're all different ethnicities, different body types and so forth. But, you know, objectively, looking at them, taller, shorter, black, white, big mm-hmm. or small, they're all really sort of handsome dudes and quite fit. They, they look like, the best example and description I've heard of these people is that they, they look like the hot cops from Arrested Development. <laughs> oh. they, they are all dressed in scantily clo- in scanty clothing. They are all dressed as sailors, like but in like the sexy sailor suit mm-hmm. kind of way. Stripper bards, yeah. Wow. And that's the only unique feature. Ben, you also notice, with a 27 as well, both of you notice that they, as you watch them for a little while, they all seem to be sensitive to the sun. Every single one. Mm. Like, they all look hungover or something and with the 27 mm. I will give you that as you walk up on deck a couple of them just kind of like gesture to each other in a sign language that isn't standard sign language at all mm-hmm. in fact you think it's drow sign language mm. and so they just kind of go about their merry way and a couple of them walk up to you and just kind of put hands on hips like man they are just like five seconds away from bursting out into like a musical Disney number where they tell you all about the Sea Maidens Fair and what they do. <laughs> oh my but, god. Like they all just sort of sit there and grin at you. One of them in particular walks up to um, to Nick and says, uh, hello, and how, are, how are you? <laughs> they're all male, you say. They're all male. Every single mm. one. All, all the sailors are male. The, the I think we know who these are. Yeah. Hello, how are you? We've met it them is, before. It is yeah. very nice to meet you. For the first time. It is nice to meet me, isn't it? I've yes. often been told that and I'm glad that you feel the same. How's the sun? Did it brighten your eyes? Oh, my hangover is the worst. Too much of that human whiskey that I had last night. <laughs> I'm looking a little perplexed at you at that one. <laughs> this is ridiculous. You're clearly drowned. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. That's a hell of a thing to call someone. He gets a slap on the back of the head and by someone else. He looks like a Terry Crews. Just this yeah. huge muscle. Oh, wow. <laughs> really happy. But he's dressed it. Imagine if Terry Crews is dressed as a sexy sailor and you've got this guy. Right? I think oh, I'm going to Google that one right now. <laughs> he says, okay. Tom, I don't know how you got to read my diary, but <laughs> he says, I see you are able to see my dreams is a little disturbing. He steps, he leans forward and says, and says it now very clearly in a drow accent. And he, you notice that the voice isn't coming from where his head is. He's obviously uh, much shorter than uh, the illusion uh, is making him out to be. And he says, all right, it's very clever. I could tell from the moment I met you in the sewers that you were going to be somebody to watch. I was wondering where you were. I wondered which one of these fellows. I should have known the giant impressive fella. But what are you doing here? We are looking for information. And I'm sure we can return some to you as well. A friendly, friendly visit. We'll spill no secrets. Tell no tales. Uh, we can spill nothing. But maybe considering who you are and the good work you've done with us in the past, I might be able to arrange a meeting with the boss. Your it- boss is the captain. Captain yes. Thor. Indeed. And he is also... 
also a drow, which I've now just worked out is happening. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. He is a, he is a human. She rolled a six, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Zadok Zord is extraordinary. He is a human. I see, right. He's remarkable, though. You can't, can't wait for you to meet him. Come on. He goes and gets down a boat. And as soon as he leaves the boat, he pulls on a hood because as he leaves proximity of the boat, the illusion fades away. Right. So then the boat's generating the illusion. He points it and says, he points to the maiden head and right. says, "Is the maiden head huh, any drow on board?" Becomes an attractive human male. It's almost too conspicuous. <laughs> what, what, why attractive? That feels kind of weird. No, he looks at you very, like that's a dumb question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very important. He says, "I cannot accurately portray someone who is unattractive." <laughs> I know, right? I mean, how would you? How, illusion. How would you even? He says, "Illusion." can only do so much. Yeah, I you know, just role play and all. He gives you a wink. That's <laughs> <laughs> it. I mean, so he's, and now that the, it fades away, you can see he's a drow. He's got same one we met. He's the same one we met. He's the one that has the, the, the originally. So the, the one down in the sewers. Mm-hmm. He has half his head sort of shaved in that little side, you know, mm-hmm. part and black leather armor and a, a pistol. And they're side. the male refugees, essentially, aren't they? Basically, yeah, they're yes. fleeing the matriarchal society. And... Well, you make... they've carved themselves out of space within it technically oh, yeah. they're like freedom fighters yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're let's not get into that yeah. Yeah. Yes. you make your way across to the heartbreaker which is the main flagship and so looking down from on board you can see you can see there is actually one one human female who sort of peers down and she's got sort of tan skin she looks sort of Hispanic once again very very beautiful very very fit looking but she's clearly the token female of this <laughs> entire crew and there are, there are no performers on this ship this is just purely sailors and there's probably about 25 or so of them so she leans down forward and says, You had better have a good reason for bringing them on board. These are our friends. I've met them before. Never caught approves of them. Does that count for something? Mm. And with that, she, lo- she lowers down the... Um, the winches which you t- which you tied to the to the boat and the boat sort of like with that she just looks you up and down and says all right and just bother hiding the accent or whatever and just takes you down into the this so this ship this this ship is lavish it is just the most opulent vessel you have ever had the pleasure to see it's polished wooden floorboards are gilded the maiden head appears to be in solid gold and is a mermaid clutching her heart with an anguished expression and the jazz like we'll steal that but the mermaid looks elven, yeah. so like you know, pointy ears and whatnot. And so, as you are led down this down the gangplank into the sort of the middle quarry, you go to what is clearly the captain's cabin. Who is it? Who's it going to be? Who's she knocks on the door, yeah. and you can hear, "Yes, <laughs> visitors to see you." Never cuts friends. The troll skull people. Ah, perfect. Uh, just give me a brief moment. I'll uh, make myself uh, comfortable. <laughs> and just wait, wait. And he sits down. And he's like. All right, enter. If we walk in and he's only wearing a codpiece, I'm going to oh, cast heat. I am going to be going to cast heat metal on it. Yeah. So you walk in and you can see. First of all, first of all, first of all, this, this cabin is opulent. Like, there are Saudi princesses that have less fancy rooms than this. <laughs> Holy crap. There is a dining table absolutely bedecked with fruits and roast pig and wine and champagne and... Uh, beautiful cushioned couches. There is gold filigree on everything. Even the doilies are weaved with gold thread. And you can see a man standing in front of you who is essentially, he's a tall, broad-shouldered, hairy-chested human man with who basically looks like a sexy Captain Hook. He's got a tricorn hat. He has a red leather codpiece. God damn it. Oh, Zardoz. And a Zardoz. Of course. A big I got the Sean Connery accent. I was like, oh God, what is this? (laughs) So he is there. He says, ah, welcome to the Maiden's Fair. Look at you sexy pieces of arse. (laughs) 
Plant them on the table and let's get cracking. Uh, what does he think we're here for? Yeah. He wanted to be unique in particular and says, Ah, you're a fine fellow, aren't you? So I've been told. I'm going to somebody kiss me. May I? And wants to kiss your hand. Uh, yeah, okay, sure, why not? No, why? <laughs> <laughs> please, please don't encourage him. He leans towards I suppose there's no chance of a sausage sandwich. Yeah. That, that's the both of you. Don't encourage <laughs> the other one. That was a really good, that was really good actually for an alliteration. That was, that was decent <laughs> with that accent. Alas, I'm taken up with a doppelganger. So, you know, she feels my needs, all of them, sometimes at the same time. Believe me, I understand. Of all the several orgies I've had, the most creative involved doppelgangers. Can we right. maybe get back on topic? Um, I don't think we're... Can we talk this about... This is the topic, Jez. We're talking about... Can we talk about the dead people, <laughs> Jez, he walks over to you and says, Oh my, this vision is one I've overlooked. So I think you're going to be my favourite. I doubt it. Like, <laughs> normally, all for this... Sounds great. Maybe another time. We do have some rather serious business. Ah, oh, well, I'm a serious man. I somehow yes. feel that that is not the case, at least not today. Could you possibly give us a little bit of information about the, uh, oh god, what are they called again? Nimble rights. Nimble rights. Could you maybe give us some information about these nimble rights? Oh, yes, I'm selling. Sell- I'm selling them. 21,000 gold, if you want. We're not looking to procure one as such, ah. but we might need a little bit of information about one. Perhaps if one maybe went a little bit haywire and started killing people across the city. Incidentally, that is a ludicrously low price for this. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. that's like half price. He oh, must be shit. he must be selling these at a loss. Well, he's, got, he's stolen the bunch Something's... of them. There's something weird about that. There might be something. They fell off the back of a truck. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, what's what's wrong with your nibble rights? Nothing's wrong with them. They're all perfect. Uh, what about perfect is my manly chest? What about the one that went mad and started making other ones that went madder and killed a bunch of civilians? And now you could probably be responsible for that. He, his face gets a little more serious for a moment. He says, I wasn't aware of such a thing had occurred. Yeah, it uh, happened uh, about an hour ago. So you're telling me one of my nibble rights made another nimble right? Yes. That's impossible. Well, Although, ah, I see. I see. Is there anything special about these ones? I mean, obviously you acquired them Illegally, like I acquire pretty much everything I own. No judgment here. No, I bought them legally. He gestures to his cabin. Do you think I'm lacking in money? But where did you acquire them from? From Lantern. That's the only place I know that they come from. Apparently, when a nimble right makes another nimble right, it turns out wrong. Yeah, it makes sense. A copy of a copy is often imperfect. Oh. It's a nimble world. Hey! Why? 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 You... I like this one. <laughs> Nothing under five feet, though. It's a rule I have. I'm sorry. It's the worst kind of prejudice. Give me, give me a persuasion check to see how amicable he'll be to you. 25. Alright, listen, you've, uh, uh, knowingly or not, you've worked for, for me in the past and done some good job, done some good work. One of my agents, uh, Nevercott, speaks very highly of your efficiency. And in truth, I am not Zardos Sword. I am the drow leader of Brigandath. It's time that you knew. I knew it. I knew it. He, yeah. and, he, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he takes his hat off. Not with that. Yeah, that hat was the hat. And all of a sudden, you can see there's a tall, handsome drow in a green hooded cloak. Is with he twin scimitars at his side. Is he bald? No. He has long, long flowing white locks. Wait, what? With two scimitars at his side. And he says, I am Driss Stewarden. What the fuck? What? No. what? <laughs> Dristu Worden of House Dern Mon Shabarem Non Ninth House of Menzo Branzo. That is a lie. That is an absolute. I'm lie. pretty sure. <laughs> this is this exile, sellsword, hero. I've I've read out of game. I've read that trilogy where he tried that trick. Is I have come here to you for a very important task. For you see, there is another drow that does not have the best interests of this city to heart. A rival of mine. Oh, shit. 
He calls himself Jarlaxle Benry. To give you a clue as to his villainy, his sister runs the evil dragon Hurst, empire. Hurst reaches over to the head. I've chased that sexy pirate all over the city. Feeling, feeling for another hat to he, take off. He eludes there's, there's, there's a metagame element that we really can't get into. <laughs> yeah, I have actually no, no idea. We, we, we would have heard of Driss. Like, we've we heard of Driss. Driss is a famous hero. He's an, he's an old Driss wouldn't be involved in this. Right, put it another way, though. But we would not have heard of Jalaxel Vanry. Oh, no, absolutely not. But that doesn't mean he's not... Uh, he, that doesn't mean he isn't not Driss. I know what you're thinking. This is all a lot to take in. To meet me in person must be a great honor for many of you. I'm sure as children you grew up reading my adventure stories and they are grossly exaggerated and I'm nowhere near as cool as they make me out to be. Uh, uh, I'm not good with people, but um, I know you're lying. Tales of my exploits, I know, tales of my exploits. Perhaps you you could show me some of your ranger magic then. I certainly could. Yes, you certainly could, because I'm a druid and we are both nature types. And I would love to see... You would love my cat companion, who sadly is not here right now as she was injured and forced to remain in her spirit world until she heals. Yes, how about some of your, you know, how about uh, uh, a thorn whip? It's an easy cantrip that anyone can do. Listen, friend, we have the same goal. This dastardly villain, Daleks Bangray. I, I, so I much to the rest of the group. so much smarter and more canny than me that tracking him down will take all of our assistance. What do you what do you say? Well, judging by the way you're talking, you're Jalaxel. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever would make you think that crazy notion? First of all, I'm not tall enough, nowhere near handsome enough, uh-huh. and I hate to say it, but he's. Uh, I mean, this mostly. I, mean, I don't know who any of these people. Are you you all seem to know, clearly know who I, these people. Are. I, no, this is that handsome me. scoundrel. I've I don't enough trouble. I know I know nothing yeah. about this Jarrell whoever, but. I just know this isn't... Okay. Lyle Hedgehart knows nothing of this and is watching yeah. with rapt attention. Ben Stewart, the player, <laughs> is currently grinding his teeth. <laughs> Alright, I'll just roll, I'll just roll inside yeah. check then. Go, uh, go for it. I actually don't know who these people are. roll inside. Yeah. And I can tell that he's lying just yeah. from his stupid use of the language. Um, yeah. here, actually. Hurst's mother told him about Drist because it's a... Nice story, and he's a, he's a champion, ranger. but like, yeah, he's, it makes he's, sense. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I don't know whether this is funny or not. That's a critical fail. You think he's so much it's, better? It's, it's before legendary yeah. hero just do it. Now, to be clear, you don't have to believe him, but yeah. you can't catch him in a lie. No, well, I don't really uh, know. Do you think they're the same thing? Well, okay. I, because I, I, it just, this doesn't scan as well as asking, like, to verify, but. I believe him. Story checks out. Uh, I'm going to re roll that. Eight. He has the noble bearing of a Jesus hero. Jesus fucking Christ. Ten, I guess. Uh, what did you roll overall, Nick? Yeah. 14. 14. 8 right. plus 6. I rolled a 10. I don't think that's going to be... I, I mean, it's, a fi- gonna... it's a 15 overall for inside, but I, yeah, I'll go 15 and see if that makes any difference, Tom. No, you can't tell he's lying. <laughs> I mean, to be clear, yes. you don't have to believe him. Yeah. But you just don't have to... You just can't catch him. I don't know for certain. But you're going to say, look, idiot, I, don't, I know you're, you're lying. Can yeah. we just not? <laughs> I, 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 yeah, like, I, I, I don't know for certain that he's definitely lying. I'm not like, oh, you're a liar. But I'm like, the story doesn't make sense to me, so Hurst is just confused and angry. Look, I can prove it. He whips these swords out and starts twirling, but like really fancily. Yeah. Like he's not, he's like not without all, all kidding aside. Like he he throws one sword up and hits the roof, and he throws another one and sticks into the handle of the one lodged in the roof. Oh. Could anyone but just do it? Do that. Uh, probably. I think I probably could. He says, I doubt. It. He claps his hands and says, "All right, all right, all right. <laughs> this has been too much fun, and honestly, it is only so long that I could go on speaking in that voice. But for wanting to punch myself, and he takes uh, his hood off for realsies this time, mm. and you see this man. Yes. Purple hat wearing. Ah. 
He takes his hat off and he's bald as an egg and has an eye patch. Exceedingly handsome fellow. He wasn't lying about that. Which eye the eye patch on today? It's on the right for now. Um, And he gives a sweeping bow and says, I am Jalaxil Bangling, head of Bregandarth. And occasionally he becomes a a fat guy with a beard. Goblin Gobbenthar. And despite all your excellent work, you should know also I am... And he takes his hat and turns it again and he's never caught. What the what? What? Never caught. (laughs) Are you actually? I'm caught now. (laughs) No, but like, are you the one with the... That we've been... Have we seen you today? JB, never caught. Come on. Yes. <laughs> Son of a... <laughs> <laughs> he grins and says, My affection for you and your assistance is genuine. Now, let's talk. And with that, we cease for now. Just okay. to be clear, we're, we're screwed. <laughs> we don't even know it yet, but we are. Oh yeah, we're in trouble. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Shared Sagas. All music on the show is used under Creative Commons. Check the episode notes for full details.